0: it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. QL nation's capital, Trista, if you mushed my Knicks, I swear, Julius Randle's limping off right now, his ankle's hurting again. He shouldn't be out there to begin with, but you gave him all his praise, and this is what I'm scared about. They're up 10. I don't care, Julius. I know he hasn't been a big part of the series. If he's hurt. I'm going to be very upset with you. He's I want you to know that. He's going be okay. Your power of the mush is way too powerful. It, no, it,
1: it is honestly something I've never... So I've never done a four-hour gambling show before this. I yeah, know me that's either. maybe shocking <laughs> well, okay. gambling shows
0: in general are pretty new. So yeah, yeah, pretty all, new. You know, I'm pretty
1: new to it. I didn't realize... I'd always been kind of a mush in mm-hmm. my own personal betting, <laughs> but there was no one to, like, share the mush with to the point where it was only happening you know maybe once every 6 or 8 months cuz like i would say something publicly or at work mm-hmm. or on the internet and it would it would go the opposite right this is like immediately and it happens as soon as i speak it out it like switches
0: too much it's too much. I know, I Ryan. Like they're it. not
1: scoring, dude. I
0: told
2: myself <sighs> that if we could get the fifty-one by Jeez. half, we're all right, and we got forty-nine. So we're okay. We need we're two. We're all right. We need two. And
1: then there's going to be some free throws. You know that. In the second half. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Here. Jared Allen. Jared uh, Allen. Before we before He's we so move big. on to Pam here, uh, I got to say this about Jared Allen okay. real quick.
1: He stinks I don't them.
2: criticize pro athletes because they're
0: they're. Or, the but, you, but you, you, but do, you, do he sucks. you criticize kids. He sucks. He sucks. He only criticizes series. kids that play against his son. In Where's sports. Jared
1: Allen going next year? Probably back to the Nets. That's what I think.
0: Well,
2: he sucks. Dorian Maybe.
1: Finney-Smith. That would be an awesome. Jay, that's a good win. Jalen
2: Brunson is cooking him. In that's
1: this. Nick Claxton's yep. team now. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't mind him in Portland. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah.
0: There you go. Maybe oh, you guys get in. My. Helps Jane get, get in the playoffs again. There you go. Pam Maldonado, you know her well. Yahoo Sportsbook joins us. Friend of show. We got the Mexico Open coming up. We got the NFL draft as well. Gotta talk some football with you. It's actually been a while. We've done so much golf, I feel like we gotta gotta catch up on anything, NFL. So what what'd you think of all that 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 movement yesterday with Will Levis as the number one overall pick? There's a Reddit post and then all of a sudden people are like, Maybe he's gonna go one and they're betting on him they go from forty to one to four to one to be the number one overall pick. Like, Let me tell you something, Pam. If we can just manipulate the the lines by going on Reddit and creating fake posts, I think we should all team up together and move these numbers where we want them and then just hammer it as soon as it changes for us.
3: That would be so fun. Let's just all do, like, what is it that game when you were in elementary, like the telephone? Hey, girl, this is the rumor. This is the rumor. And then the rumor becomes one thing and it spirals into another. And what it started as simple like a seed and now is a giant plant. Love that, and that's exactly what this is, right? The NFL Draft is the most fun time of year because it is when you see a bunch of grown men act like <laughs> high school girls who are just <laughs> gossiping all over the place. It is so wonderful because nothing makes sense, and it's all for fun because nothing really matters until they start the draft, the day of, in that minute, because what goes on in that inside that war room we will never know and anything can flip on a switch just like that so everything you think you know about the draft it doesn't matter until it's actually the draft time
2: are you uh do you have any bets for the nfl draft or do you try to take it easy especially this year because everything is like you just talked about with the reddit posts and uh i mean it's pretty crazy after number one with bryce we don't know what's going to happen
3: well, the only one that I have is Bryce Young. I, to- I told you, okay. it was on your show with you guys back in like February, Bryce Young, number one, and he was at plus money. And I was like, this is the easiest bet of a lifetime, even if it doesn't work out. And now he's like, what, minus sixteen hundred, two thousand. 1600 2000 yeah. Like that was the only bet that I ever took. And then I've been moving in the last couple of weeks. So that's taken priority. But that's the only in-to- in-pocket ticket that I have. And I'm sitting pretty with it, whether it works out or not. But if it doesn't, I would just like absurd. <laughs>
2: Actually, so you said you've been moving. I saw your, your new setup. Um, you got to talk about that a little bit really quickly <laughs> because that's the way to listen to music right there. Is that yours? Did you just, like, have you had that? Did you just purchase that, that setup? Tell, oh, tell my banjo? About yeah.
3: Okay, so yeah. No, I've been playing the banjo for, I, I shouldn't say I've been playing the banjo for a few years. I've been trying to play the banjo for a few years. I have the same coach and every, every time I'm like, all right, this is the year, I'm really gonna do it. And I have a goal where at the end of the year I'm gonna perform in front of somebody because there's open mic nights everywhere in Austin. And we set it up and I do really well. And then football starts. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Did
2: you and then the, like the, the, off
3: goes the banjo, in comes football. How, <laughs> how so hard is it been, to
2: play? Is it is it like did you take hard. lessons or did you teach yourself
3: No, I take lessons from a man uh, He lives in downtown Austin and now that I've become so familiar, now I am able to just look at YouTube and get some instruction from there uh, for the most part. But no, it's very difficult because I have no music bone in my body as far as playing an instrument. Love music. I'm obsessed with it. Um, I'm actually gonna go get a tattoo this weekend, (laughs) my first one, related to music and it runs in my family. My grandfather is a musician, my dad, my, my entire family. But me, <laughs> and so I'm, it's like it skipped the generation, I guess. So no, it's just something that I I love it. Steve Martin is one of my like b- biggest inspirations. I've been obsessed with him since I was a child. Same. With his music ability, I've seen him live play, and it's just incredible. Um, some of my best performances that I've seen live involve a banjo. Oh, that's dope!
1: As a as a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, I feel like. Although Trayvon Walker worked out and he's certainly going to be a fine player, it felt like things switched between him and Aiden Hutchinson right before the draft time. For, say, if you're the Houston Texans, do you think that you should go ahead and, and take the, the freak, the, the higher upside guy in Tyree, or or do you just go with the safer pick in, in Will Anderson because it kind of feels like the same thing that we
3: saw last year is playing out right now? i 'm just so confused how the, all of a sudden it is switched from the Texans needing a quarterback did they do they have a quarterback all of a sudden yeah no. <laughs> I mean, like did they find one in the back of their pocket in the back of like their I'm car that I'm unaware out. of like it just doesn't make sense to me like I understand like that position every skill position matters in the NFL but the Texans have not had a viable quarterback for a while now and it's just very like how do they not go quarterback number two? How is it not C.J. Stroud at number two? I wish I had that ticket because the number has shifted a little bit. But C.J. Stroud, number two to the Texans. How is that not a lock? It should just be it, automatic. It's just like that, that's the answer.
0: <laughs> Jalen Carter is an interesting story, too, because this is a guy that was looked at as maybe the number one overall pick when the Bears still had it. Now I've seen him mocked all the way to nine. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of talent there, then there's the workout, and there's the looking out of shape and the off-the-field stuff. In the end, I tend to look at this and say if the talent's there, teams will overlook the off-the-field stuff because the talent outweighs the the trouble. Where, where are you on that sort of scale and where teams might go with him?
3: I think it absolutely matters what happens off the field because you're not only looking for a skill set player, but you're also looking for a player that's going to vibe well with your team. A player that's going to a kind of, I hate the word, but for lack of a better word right now, obedient with the coach, um, you're a a rookie coming into a brand new, entirely different league. You need to know that that person is somebody that you can able to trust and mold into something uh, that you want for your team to fit as an asset. So if there's off the field issues, that does raise a question mark, at least in my opinion, because if it's off the field issues prior, it can come back and bite you in the ass later on. And then there goes your draft pick for nothing.
2: Uh, Moving over to golf really quickly, we're back to regular stroke play this week at the Mexico Open. John Rahm plus two fifty, obviously hate that price. Tony Finau plus seven (laughs) fifty. Everybody after that at least eighteen to one, starting with Wyndham Clark. What are you looking for this weekend? Any matchups? Any outrights? Anything you're playing, or are you just kind of staying away from this tournament?
3: No, there's a few players that I do like this week. Um, Gary Woodland is one of them. And if you look at last year's tournament, we only have one year of data for the PGA playing here at Vedante Varta. And because of that, we know that nine out of the top 15 players last year finished in top 10 off the tee because this is a wide open fairway. You just bomb it. So an accuracy, less important, driving distance comes into play. So players like Gary Woodland, he's first in the field for strokes gained off the tee. He's first in the field for ball striking. Um, what's really been his kryptonite this year in 2023 is his short game. He has lost strokes in his short game in every single tournament that he has played. This is an easier course. It's definitely a much easier um group of players that he's going up against. So if there is a tournament for Gary Woodland to at least finish in the top twenty, plus one oh five you can grab for him twenty two to one for an outright. And there's one player that I I just cannot like, you know how you and I we just we just we loved betting certain teams in the NFL every week, even though it's like don't do it. Nikolai Hojgaard is that player for me right now in the PGA. I cannot stop betting him, and it hasn't been working out. I lose every week, and he starts out so strong. He's in the top five at the Valero Texas Open after day one. He's in the he finishes uh, after day three in the top twenty. Same thing when it came to match play, not not match play. Sorry, uh, the tournament last week, the pairing, uh, he was doing well with his partner of. of and then he just he cannot finish in the fourth round. So this is a very good tournament, I believe, for him. He's one of the best players when it comes to driving distance. All of his data that he has, though, is on the European tour. So he only has like four tournaments total <laughs> in the US, and he lost three strokes off the tee at the Valero Texas Open, but I watched him play, and I, that really changed my perspective of like data sets, and you're, you're, you see a bunch of numbers, but it's different when you see these players play live. He is so good off the tee accuracy was a thing that doesn't matter here. So I love Hojgaard for him to finish at least in the top 20 plus 130 definitely a better number at 30 to 1 and you mentioned him with Wyndham Clark he's not one of the players that is like superb off the tee but man he has some really solid finishes as of late he has multiple top 5 finishes in his last 3 out of his 4 events something is clicking with him overall in his ball striking he has one of the better iron players he has like a pretty decent short game so just because of how consistent he's been playing you got to bet him what's funny pam
1: is i'm looking at my note sheet i don't know if you saw me laughing and like shaking my head i wasn't like laughing at you i was laughing at the fact that on my note sheet it's i've got a couple of questions one gary woodland two nikolai hoggard <laughs> three just like who do you like generally so like we'll go with the fourth question because you've hit all of these (laughs) uh what do you think about matt wallace plus 7500 he's coming in following two top tens do you like him for like a top 20 like maybe like a sprinkle outright like is there anything that you would do with him here
3: um, I'm definitely more of the conservative betting side. So top 20 for me. Um, and then Sprinkle on the outright. I'm not one to go for mega plus money, especially uh, for top 10 finishes. I, I hate those. So top 20 for sure. But yeah, I mean, if you look at his data points as of late, he has back-to-back missed cuts, though. Um, RBC Heritage at the Zurich. He has lost strokes off the tee in like five of his last seven tournaments prior to that. But he is one of the stronger uh, stronger iron players as well And he's really good around the green I'm less inclined to want to believe that he can do well At this course simply because around the green Is not really a stat that comes into play here These are huge greens So you're not going to miss them <laughs> You yeah. you shouldn't It really comes down to um, Can he bomb it off the tee and giving yourself like a really short iron into the at the pin and then can you make some birdies because John Rahm won this tournament last year with 17 under so you've got to be able to knock him in and if you look at his putting stats he's not the best putter he just lost five strokes at the RBC Heritage with a short game so I'm for me I'm less inclined to want to believe him as a top 20 but top 20 if you do uh like his game and what he has to offer that's his that's the best that I would go
0: Pam what about any head-to-heads you like in this
3: yeah. He is, uh, and I was told that the Valero Texas Open, that is how you say it. I was saying Hajgard, and no, I was told it is <laughs> So Correct me if I'm wrong, Nikolai. Um, and you did the, research. But I'm you of...
0: did the research, and you were told how to say it, so there you go. No, everybody, if people don't like it, they can kick rocks, Pam. That's what you tell them. Kick That's how rocks. You
3: say it. <laughs> Blame San Antonio. There you go. Um, so I rarely ever do I like to double dip on players in the PGA. If I like him for a top 20 and an outright, I'm hardly ever touching them in the head-to-head market because that's a lot of trust into one player. But like I said, I saw him live and he has such a smooth, solid swing and he absolutely can bomb it off the tee. This is such a great fit for him as far as course, even though he's never been here. So I like Nikolai Hoshgard over Alex Norin, because if I'm talking about a player that can bomb it off the tee, that is not Norin. Norin is a better known as a short game player, except that's the best part of his game and he hasn't even really been doing well at that. So he, it's always troublesome, scary for me to want to go against a player that can make some of those birdies. Has the ability to just, like, gain all the strokes with his putting alone. Um, but this is not a course where he can do that. And he himself has not been at this course. So I like Hojegaard minus 130 as a budding option for head-to-head over Alex Norin.
0: There you go. We're getting head-to-heads, outrights, and pronunciations, and they're always the it. right <laughs> pronunciations when you do the research. Pam Maldonado, good talk to you again. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.
1: It's literally all my notes. It was like boom, yep. boom, and I was like F, F, F.
0: <laughs> You're taking all my material. Dang it. Well, she
1: was, just, she was just taking all the bullets out of my chamber here.
0: When, uh, when she started talking about pronunciations, Scott will remember this. I know he's over there working right now. He's diligently typing, but the former play-by-play voice of the Wizards who w- made sure he pronounced Anderson Varejão's name the true Brazilian way, Varejão. The great Steve Buckhands. The great yes, Steve Buckhands. One of my favorite play-by-play Buckets, guys of all time, and, by the and, way. Buck and, and is a legend. Baron
1: Balanchel. But he's the
0: only person that ever pronounced <laughs> it Varejão, but Vera technically non. that is the Brazilian yes. pronunciation. Is yes. that? Varejão. But But he would say it, and we'd always just laugh and be like, "I know you did your homework, but it's just, someone's just dumb. Don't don't even say it right."